Hello, friends, and welcome to the Sales Training World Podcast. Hi, my name is Ryan Dorn, and I'm your sales coach, and so thrilled that you're taking an opportunity to expand your world, learn new sales strategies, and hang out with us for a couple of minutes. If you keep listening beyond this podcast, it'll automatically roll you into the next podcast, and then we'll just keep right on going. So whether you're on your iPhone or your computer or whatever the circumstance is, uh, take the uh, podcast with you. And I think you're really going to enjoy it. This week, we are recording just a couple blocks away from Bryant Park in the New York City uh, Public Library. Big shout out to uh, all my friends at the Weather Channel. We've uh, been in six cities uh, with you guys. And I'm having a great time uh, redoing and reworking and having some strategy time as uh, we work through your sales training program. So thanks uh, for that opportunity. What an amazing and great company. All right, we're going to tackle a question from uh, one of our listeners uh, today. If you've got questions you'd like answered here on the podcast, pop me over an email, ryan at brainswellmedia.com, ryan at brainswellmedia.com. All right, this month's question that we're going to tackle is coming from Dennis, who lives in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Love me some Myrtle Beach. You been there? What a great town, especially North Myrtle Beach. If you've not had an opportunity to go north of town, check it out. All right, here's Dennis's question. Ryan, I'm an old sales dog. I've been selling for a very, very long time, and I just feel like I've lost my edge. What should I do? Awesome question. Thanks, Dennis. And sorry you're going through that. Let's see if we can give you some inspiration today. Whether you're a veteran sales rep, which Dennis called himself an old dog, or you're a rookie, or you're a noob, a newbie to the sales game, this conversation today is going to apply directly to you. So what I want to do is I want to share with you four changes that you need to make in your sales life if you hope to survive over the next two or three years. The buying age of the buying public is getting younger and younger and changing on a regular basis. Now, sales is an amazing business. I mean, it has fed my family for years. As a sales executive myself, unlike a lot of other trainers, I actually still sell things other than myself each and every day. And as the lead sales training world coach, I live and breathe sales every single day just like you. So sales is going to feed your family for years to come if you adapt and if you evolve. If you live for yesterday, probably you're going to die tomorrow. You're going to need to change your strategy. Okay. So this is why continuous sales training is so important. It's why we do this podcast. It's why we have sales training world.com. I mean, your entire sales team, including you needs to always be training. You probably remember that movie, Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, a little irreverent. And uh, I know that uh, Alec Baldwin in that movie, always be closing. Well, I like to say, always be training, continuous training. So those that want to buy from you, are really honestly, they're growing tired of your needs assessments and your open-ended questions and your soft close techniques. Those sort of sales tricks, if you will, of sales systems of the past are just not working as much anymore. And it's not that I don't like those systems. It's not that you shouldn't participate in those systems. You just want to recognize that a lot of the books that are available online at your local bookstore, a lot of the training programs of the past haven't been updated in a long time. So, for example, they don't address a new problem that many of us are having as veteran salespeople, and that is selling to millennial-aged buyers. 
It's an amazing group of individuals, this millennial age group, but they buy differently. I had someone the other day say, Ryan, they don't buy at all. They do buy. They're massive, massive consumers, but they're also massive consumers of information. SAP did a study, and I read a little bit about it in Sales and Marketing Management Magazine, uh, one of my favorite magazines. And what that study revealed is that millennials would would rather go to the dentist than talk to us, than talk to salespeople. Isn't that funny? So let's figure this out. What are we going to do to evolve? I think that it's fairly easy if you can wrap your head around this. Four things. You need to create great conversations. It's number one, with great clients. Then you need to pitch great products and get your clients great results. You notice there's a lot of greats in that mix. So great, great, and great, all right? So let's dissect these uh, four things. First of all, creating great conversation, okay? So this idea is all about having a plan for prospecting. You need to get to the conversation. It's not as much about the conversation itself, okay? It is. But you've got to get to the conversation. You've got to use math to your advantage. So my Big 50 prospecting plan that you've heard me talk about thousands of times in this podcast and as I've met you around the globe, my Big 50 prospecting plan is focused on me working 50 new clients in a 30-day period to set 10 really great meetings within 30 days. So from those 10 meetings, I'm going to hopefully secure buy-in on the spot Okay, from eight clients or so out of that 10, because not all 10 are going to be a good fit for my products and services. And then out of those eight proposals, I'm going to follow up quickly, efficiently and close about four deals. So I close about 50 percent. So I always promise not to waste my clients time when I'm prospecting. I come to them with some great ideas that will improve their business. I'm striving to be exceedingly relevant not a generic salesperson. So if you leave a voicemail like, hi, it's Ryan Dorm from such and such, and I'd like to talk to you about such and such. It's just pretty boring. Instead, I want to come to people with an advantage or a business advantage. So I want to foresee a potential problem that they might have, maybe something I've observed online, maybe something they mentioned at a trade show, maybe something that I know is happening within the industry. I want to be laser laser point focused. Okay. So the idea, this idea is core to my sales training plan of attack. So creating great conversations first starts with creating a lot of meetings. So you need a prospecting plan for that. And you want to be exceedingly relevant in every voicemail and email that you send. So find some great information on LinkedIn, on their company's Facebook page, not their personal Facebook page, their company Facebook page, what they're doing in the news section of their website, et cetera, et cetera. Okay, so that's the first of four if you want to revitalize your sales life, Dennis. Okay, here we go. Number two, talk to really, really great clients. Okay, talk to the right clients. See, all too often, what we become guilty of is randomness. We'll just kind of talk to anybody that will talk to us. And that really is not a smart way to handle your sales life. So the idea or this idea is all about setting meetings with the perfect client for you and or your product, not random clients where I hope for a deal. Okay. That's a waste of time. It's a waste of my time. It's a waste of the client's time. So I kind of, I put together a six point checklist for me. So my clients, my potential clients need to need to meet up at least 50%, three of the six. 
Now, you're going to have your own test, your own checklist. Let me share with you mine. Uh, number one, do I have a connection point via LinkedIn or in my community or my industry with this person? Number two, do I know who the decision maker is at the company? Now, I can't always meet with the decision maker. I would love that. <laughs> Wouldn't you? I'd love to always meet with the decision maker, but it doesn't necessarily happen. So number two, do I know who the decision maker is? Number three, does their company size match my ideal client? I don't want to talk to a lot of small clients. Small clients are typically a bigger pain in the rump than big clients. So are they a big enough time for me? Should, should I spend time with them? Are they big enough? Number four, is it obvious that they have a need for what I'm selling? Does our product or service actually match what they probably do from what you learn online? Okay, number five, are they working with my competition? If I know that, then that's something that's maybe gives me a little edge. Maybe I can save them money. Maybe I can give them better customer service or something like that. Then number six, do I have any type of inside track on that client? I need some reconnaissance. Do I know somebody that they know? Are we connected on LinkedIn somehow? Uh, have we met some each other at a trade show, networking event? Um, do I have some kind of inside track uh, with that client? So what I do is I have on my whiteboard in my office, I have that checklist. And then I look through it. Before I call on a client, I want to make sure that I'm talking to great clients, to perfect clients. To do that, you need to define what the perfect client is to you. All right? So, Dennis, I want you to take that into account. All right, number three, you want to pitch great products on the spot. On the spot. Oh, Ryan, I don't know that I can do that. I've got to gather information and be consultative and then go back and create a proposal. No, you really don't. You really don't. Now, there are some products out there where you don't know if you are a good fit. There are just some flat out some products you just won't know. But for the most part, you can do so much research online and find out if that client potentially matches what you're selling. Do their basic needs match what you're selling. So what I try to do is I do want to be consultative. I mean, consultative selling is still alive, but now more than ever before, I'm coming to client meetings with things ready to go, ideas ready to present because I don't want to get into this chase. I don't want to gather data, go back to create a proposal and then chase them down. I want to make an assumptive sale. I'm going to come to them assuming that I've got some good ideas. Now, Maybe you'll have to tweak the ideas. I get it. But you don't want to go in blind, empty. That just is a waste of time. And other people are adopting to this. Millennials hate it when you come to them with nothing. It's like, come on, man. I mean, come on, old guy. Do you not have something for me? Come on, buddy. Bring me something. So the days of gathering information to then chase down the client, in my opinion, are gone. You need to be ready to roll. Clients expect sales executives to come to the meeting ready to go with ideas that potentially will solve those problems. Now, you might not be exactly right. So use the data at your fingertips and your industry expertise to come ready to go with really, really good ideas. So I just want to encourage you, Dennis, that go to meetings with great ideas. You might be wrong, but at least in preparation for the meeting, you have done this. You have prepared Okay, so just be prepared to tweak your ideas. Not necessarily that big of a deal. All right, here's the fourth thing, Dennis, for you to consider. You want to make sure you're always offering great results 
because great results means repeat customers. You want to focus in on what the value proposition is for that client and then try to give them the best possible return on investment. Now, I know that is the perfect scenario, and I know that all we do is put out fires all the time. I completely get it, okay? So you want to ask yourself a couple of things. Is the results from your product, are you going to be held to a standard that is too high? Meaning if they're going to buy something from you, say they're going to spend $1, do they expect to make a million dollars? Okay, perhaps. So you want to manage their expectations from the get-go. From day one, you want to manage their expectations. So did you check? I, I actually have a note in my folder as, I'm, I'm, as my, my portfolio as I'm talking with clients. And it says on there, manage expectations. Manage client expectations. So what is your return on investment management plan? Do you kind of have a metric or a meter that you use, a, a yardstick that you use to measure success? If you don't, it's going to be kind of hard for you to share success stories with clients and get them to buy in on your idea. People tend to gravitate towards products that create successful results, okay? So you need to have one of those in place. If you don't know how to do that, reach out to me and we'll figure that out. But you really do need a return on investment meter, or return on investment gauge. So if you buy this software from me, this is probably what will happen. If you buy this advertisement from me, this is probably what will happen. Now I say probably, and I very often will say to a client, I can't promise you these results. But based on what I've observed from your competitors, from others in the market, this is likely what will probably probably happen. Okay, so I'm in the outside sales business uh, just like you. All right, so these four points, Dennis, are all about creating great conversations with great clients where you pitch great products and get your clients great results. Those are four things that I really want you to think about, focus in on, and then I want you to go through and label one, two, three, four, write these things out, okay? And then I want you to put some sub-steps Underneath those, what are you going to need to do? So, for example, number one, creating great conversations. You're going to need a prospecting plan. You might need 50 people on that list, just as an example. Number two, talking to the perfect client, to great clients. That's about you having a litmus test. That's about you having a checklist. Who is your perfect client? Number three is going to take a little work. You might need templated proposals. You might need success stories, okay? You really want to make sure you're pitching ideas on the spot. So that means you're going to need to do a little bit of research. Then number four, you need a return on investment meter, some type of metric based upon success stories that you can use to be able to paint a picture of potential so all four of these points that we've discussed are important, but they all relate to having great conversations with your clients. So no amount of sales tricks that you're going to find in a book or at a seminar are going to replace having quality conversations with your clients. You know, I mentioned earlier, I sell every day, just like you, not just myself. I have products that I sell and I've read literally hundreds of sales books. I've attended hundreds of sales webinars. What I'm noticing is that most sales trainers are not updating their sales strategies to work with millennial buyers or buyers of today. So buyers born after 1994 are millennials. They're awesome. They do buy products. They're just gonna hold you to a little bit higher standard and that's okay. You need to up your game. You need to improve. They have certain expectations. Today's buyers have basically these expectations. 
don't waste my time, be relevant, come ready to roll, do your research and prepare for this meeting and prove to me that what you say will actually happen. It's not that difficult to sell to today's buyers, but you have to be ready to adapt. You have to be ready to evolve. If you live for yesterday, you might just die tomorrow. I'm Ryan Dorn, your sales coach here at salestrainingworld.com. You've got questions for me, reach out. Ryan at brainswellmedia.com. Send us your questions. We'll answer them right here on the podcast. Thanks so much for checking us out. Stick around, stay close. We've got more great information coming up right after this podcast is complete. If I can be of assistance to you, reach out. First 30 minutes with me is always 100% free of charge. My gift to you. Reach out to me, Ryan at brainswellmedia.com. Never forget, if sales was easy, everybody be doing it. And they're not. So we're either crazy or we're a very unique group of people. I would say unique. So, all right, friends, we'll see you out on the street. Get out there and sell something today, would you?